Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Fun. Hey, everybody's still good? Man, there's a lot of like chatter and joy in this house today. It's really fun. I love when that happens. I was telling the band even before church started, there was like a little little chitter chatter in the room. It was good. Uh, hey, if you want to open up your Bibles to Paul's letter to the Ephesians, we're going to look at several verses today from Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm going to continue a tiny little series that Emily started last week. Didn't Emily do a good job? She did. I, I listened to Emily's message while I was on the road last week and I was, I got really touched by the Lord. Like I, I got, I, there was like little tears in my eyes from Emily's message last week. It was really, really good. If you didn't listen to it, audio archive that thing. She did a great job. But we're doing a little series here uh, at the Vineyard right now on, on what it means to be a part of the church and specifically what it means to be a part of the worshiping church. Like why even show up here is basically what we're talking about. Like why come why take some time out of your Sunday? And why do we do all the things we do? And what I want to talk about specifically this morning is I want to talk about why we give ourselves to worship as a church together with songs for a few minutes this morning. Can I do that? That's what I want to do. So I want to read you uh, 20 verses out of uh, Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read you a long passage, and we're going to get to the, to the end of that passage. In the end, maybe it makes a little more sense in the context of of this little series we're doing, but I couldn't figure out any good way to take any of those other verses out of it. And so we're going we're gonna to read a pretty good chunk of scripture this morning. So Rachel, if you can help me, let's just go ahead and start it. This is what Paul says to the church in Ephesus. And by the way, by the, way uh, the church in Ephesus, it's one of the good ones. You know, most of Paul's letters are written with a bunch of troubles. The, ch- the church in Ephesus, it's one of the real good ones. And here's, here's what he says to these believers, and here's what Paul says to us. He says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you're his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in, these, in, these thing, in, the, in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible, 
This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's our passage this morning. We're doing just a little bit of work here for the last couple of weeks on what does it mean to be a gathered church and why do we do the things we do? Like, why do we, why do we come here and sing together? Why do we come here and hear the scriptures? Why do we have somebody who comes up here and just reads uh, a passage uh, to us with no comment? Like, why, do, why did Justy do that this morning? Like, why do we hear a gospel message? Why do we want to baptize people? Uh, why do we do any of these things? And the main reason that I want to say that we do all these things is because uh, it has to do with how we're formed as people. How many of you know that you're being formed right now? Like something is putting pressure on you and causing you to become something. Uh, every person in here is in the process of becoming. And one of the reasons that I wanted to read the passage that we just read this morning is I, I, I'm hoping that you understood that as we were reading it, that it was a formation, a formation passage. Did you notice that? Like all the way through. Um, now, one of the ways you can read Ephesians chapter 5, 1 through 20, is you can just read it as a, a long list of like do's and don'ts. I mean, did, did any of you have your ears, ears kind of on that way? Because I did the when I was like into it this week. It's like, man, there's a lot of do this and don't do that in there, isn't there? Paul's like, look, d don't commence, commit sexual immorality. Like you won't even inherit the kingdom and, and don't be greedy like you're an idolater and don't do this and don't do that. And, and, but here's what you do need to do. And so if you wanted to read those verses, as just a long list of like do's and don'ts, you could, but you'd miss, you'd miss the power of it. The power is not in a long list of things you ought to do and things you ought not to. The power is uh, that this is a formation passage. Like Paul is highlighting like every single thing is making us more of who we are. Uh, every single thing is shaping us into something else. I, just look at the language. I just want to walk you through the language. So if you have an open Bible this morning, um, just, just take it in your, in your hands again. Or maybe you have a, a phone, like look at it again. Uh, you might even want to underline a thing or two here. I just want to show you this. Uh, the first verse in, in verse one, Paul says, imitate, imitate who? Imitate God. Uh, this is a formation passage, right? Like imitate God and what part of God? Oh, the part of God that is in Jesus. And what part of Jesus? The part of Jesus that gives himself for others. Like, like, like begin to shape and form yourself to be the kind of person who is like God, most exemplified in Jesus, most exemplified in Jesus' self-giving love. This is a formation passage. Verse two, live a life of love. You know, how many of you know you could live a life of love or something else? You know, and then, the, you know, pretty soon here in this passage, we're going to see all the other things, right? This is a formation passage. Uh, number three, no sexual immorality or greed. No, why? 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 Because, because it forms you into a particular kind of thing. That's why. Verse seven, uh, I underlined this one. 
Don't participate in the things those people do. <laughs> who are those people? The people who try to tell you that all those things don't matter, that you can just do whatever you want and like, it's fine and it doesn't matter. No, it does matter because in the end, it shapes who we are. Like imagine that, you're, that every person in here is wet concrete and as you get older, the concrete is drying. That's a good image, you know? Every person here is wet concrete and the older you get, the firmer that concrete gets. So what, is it, what, what does that mean? It means, ah, the forms around that concrete really matter. Really, really matter. Um, uh, verse 15, Paul says, be careful how you live. Why? Because this is a formation passage. The concrete is firming up. That's what he's saying. Uh, verse 18, he says, don't get drunk on wine. It will destroy your life. Formation, formation. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. See, all these duels in here. Don't get drunk on wine. It'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. By the way, uh, everything you're looking for in wine and alcohol can be found in the Spirit. You know, there, there are biblically legitimate alternatives. You know, everything, everything, we look for, uh, everything we look for in drugs can be found in the Holy Spirit. All of, all of the joy and the ecstasy and, and the, the release of anxiety. Uh, we, we, don't, we, we don't need alcohol to find it. Uh, we don't need marijuana to find it. We don't need drugs. Uh, we don't have to bring things home from Colorado. All we have to do is, <laughs> we do. All we have to do is we, we have to go to God. Like that's where it's really at. Uh, there, you can do those things, great. Uh, but it's found in who God is. Yeah. You can skim these verses and you just see lists. Or you could simply take this as a long list of chores. Anybody here ever have a mom or dad who left you a list of chores? It's like, Here's Father Paul, he's just giving me a list of chores. No, you could do that, but, but this is about formation. And, it, and it's about considering who we're becoming. A um, couple formation thoughts here. Uh, uh, number one, who here has ever been to the Grand Canyon? How many of you know the Grand Canyon wasn't always grand? <laughs> That's what I've been, I was thinking about that this week. Yeah. You know, hey, Marcus, it's in my notes. Dude, you got my joke. Dang it, Marcus. Yeah, like, hey, I don't know how long ago. Let's say, let's say 100,000 years ago. 100,000 years ago, the Grand Canyon was just the OK Canyon. Right? Like, how did the Grand Canyon become the Grand Canyon? Well, here's how. A, a, little, a little trickle became a stream, became a river, and it eventually got down to somewhere in Arizona and it began to just take all of the, the silt and the rock out and it just and it made a, a giant hole in the ground that we call Grand Canyon. How many of you know that's formation? There you go. Bodybuilders. Bodybuilders is another good example. People who have a vision or a goal for their bodies and they give their muscles the stimulus required to become something else. I can't, I, like when I'm thinking of this, I can only, yes, right here, everybody, just, hey, turn to your neighbor and show them your guns. You know? yeah. That's right. I can, I can only think of Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, that, and that, that probably dates me a bit, but like didn't, you just think of Arnold before he was governor, you know, like he just had this, he had this amazing physique. And, and how many of you know that you're not born with that physique? Like you have to do, you have to do maybe some drugs, but you have to do something, right? <laughs> maybe a shot. Like you, you need a shot. 
some pills. Right, Chad? He probably took some drugs. Yeah, Chad said yes. So, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was telling Chad before, before church, uh, I went to, I went, this week I was in Atlanta doing a thing, and I, I went to a, a CrossFit gym down there with my friend Casey, and the, end, and, and the, the main workout had ring muscle-ups. So think, take the rings from here and go all the way to here. And just so you know, I cannot do this because it's so, it takes so much wicked strength. Uh, in this workout, in this workout, uh, there was a lady, five foot one, I don't know, she ended the workout by doing 12 unbroken. I was like, I'm like, you're the real hero. <laughs> I'm like, this what? And she was, I was just, she smoked us, right? Formation. How do you become the kind of person who can do that? Lots of little things over time, you know? Musicians, anyone who's ever practiced an instrument knows about formation and about how clunky it all feels at the beginning, you know? I, I play a little guitar. I'm one of the worst guitar players here, but I play a little guitar. And when I first started playing guitar, I, I'm naturally left-handed, but I taught myself how to play right-handed. And, and then the process of that, it just like, it, it, it multiplies the awkwardness. You know, it just, it, nothing feels right. Anybody remember the first time you put a guitar in your hand? And you're like, how, how did Jimi Hendrix look, look so cool? Why do I look like, why do I look like I have problems? You know, like, why can I not hold this thing? What is... You know, what is going on right now? Yeah, I still remember that. Yeah. Formation. Uh, the mind-body connection, like, behind a drum kit is phenomenal, you know? Like, River's up here. He makes it look like no big deal. Uh, Matt, when Matt's playing drums, how many of you have ever watched Matt really closely and seen sticks in his armpits? Have you seen this? He does this here all the time. Like, this is a Matt and all original. River learned it from him. <laughs> But Matt will put sticks in his armpits and he'll have brushes in his hands and he's playing, you know, he's doing his thing. And then all of a sudden you'll see him drop that brush and he has a stick. You're like, what did, how did that happen? <laughs> I'm telling you, you don't do that on your first day behind the drum kit, right? <laughs> yeah, that's Matt going from the OK Canyon to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> I also can't help but think of marriage either. I guess I'm thinking of marriage about in some of this right now because... Uh, because Heather and I just re recently celebrated our 22nd wedding anniversary. And I don't know why, but this year, I got, it made me really happy. I was like, I'm proud of us. We're, we're doing all right. We're going to make, I think we're going to make it. Uh, here's what I've discovered, though. We like each other now more than we did in the beginning. I can say that, like, honestly. Like, we, we're, we don't just love each other now. We, lo we actually like each other, you know? But that's a... That's one for your marriage. That's a, talk about that. Yeah. Can, do you like each other? That's, that's a big deal. Uh, here's what I've discovered. Here's what I've discovered after 22 years of marriage. Uh, we like each other. Hasn't always been easy. But we kept choosing each other and we kept talking and we kept taking talk walks. By the way, that's, that's how we stay connected. We, like, if you go, how many of you have ever noticed if you're married, if you go on walks, it's sometimes easier to talk. Like, like I hate sitting down and talking at a table. I hate it. It just, I hate it. I can't get into, I can't get into my feels or, or anything. You know what I mean? It just feels so clinical. Glenn's back here going like this. Yeah. yeah. Hey, here's a, here, after 22 years of marriage, here's a pro tip. If you want to get past like 
I don't know, whatever it is, and you want to get into your fields and connect with your mate, take a walk. I don't know what that is, but it is, it's a really good thing. It works. Talk walks. Yeah. You do that for long enough, and then eventually you have a life together you're proud of. All of these are examples of formation. And, and here's some of what they all have in common. Number one, time. And then, and then number two, small practices performed over and over that lead to big results. Like, like if you want things to change, it will take time. And then small practices performed over and over that don't, in themselves, don't feel powerful, but lead to big results. Uh, real, real formation doesn't happen in a moment. Let's go back to time here for a second. The Grand Canyon didn't happen last night, you know? Uh, it, it's, not, it's not visibly that much different today than it was yesterday. You could take the picture and it looked the same. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, he, didn't, he didn't get his frame in one day. And, and John Mayer didn't get his chops in, in one night. By the way, the new John Mayer record, it ain't bad. It ain't bad. I like it. One and a half thumbs up. <laughs> Out of two. <laughs> yeah. I'm laughing because I saw a guy at the burrito place the other day that had six fingers. It was just freaking us out. <laughs> On one hand. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Real formation doesn't happen in a moment. A good marriage doesn't happen at the altar. Man, that altar stuff, that's the easy stuff. Concrete, very, very loose. Very wet. It's just very unformed, right? Like, you need to let some, that thing takes a moment. Formation requires time and attention. And here's why. Because there's all kinds of forces acting on us. You know, it's not just, it's not just the forces that we, that we think are acting on us or even the forces that we think we want that are acting on us. There's other things acting on me all the time. So for instance, number one, I, I think I can say this and, and, and say it as a true person. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I hope you want to be like Jesus. So that would be like, that'd be a formational desire. I want to be like Jesus. But can I tell you some other things I want? Uh, I want to be great. <laughs> and I want to have a million dollars. And I want to be liked by everybody. Okay, now what happens when you put those four desires in the same pot? Uh, here's some other things. Uh, media is working on me. It's working on you too, you know? It's working on all of us. Uh, and, and it's working on me in ways that maybe I'm not even aware of. Uh, podcasts, news, YouTube. And then there's, then there's also internal stuff that's happening that I might not be able to name. And this would be really true for some of us in the room. Like biology, you know? Like you have your desire that you want to be like Jesus, and then you've got these other competing desires, and then there's media, and then there's, then there's just biology. And here's what I mean by that. Like your brain chemistry. Like the stuff you inherited, you did not choose. It was just given to you. And by the way, not everybody's given the same biology, you know? Uh, brain chemicals, blood sugar, uh, your sex drive, like all these things are like, it's all in the pot. 
And how many of you know that if you go like three or four hours without eating, some of us, like the blood sugar brain chemistry thing, like no matter how much you want to be like Jesus, you ain't like Jesus. <laughs> it's like, give homeboy a Snickers. It's turned into the devil. And you know, and it doesn't even mean you're a bad person. It just means like, wow, your blood sugar's dropped and you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's real. It's real. I mean, that's me. I am like, I'm as hangry as it gets. <laughs> I need snacks. Another marriage pro tip. Like, don't, let's don't talk about anything serious unless there's snacks. I need a few calories and then let's talk serious. Yeah. Uh, then there's other things that maybe we, we didn't name yet or, or haven't been able to name. Uh, things, we'll just put it under the category of anxiety. Like, anxiety, that's a big tent, by the way. But some of, us, some of us are dealing with this, and it's like past wounds, uh, trauma, family history. Like maybe you had a real crap dad, maybe you had a terrible mom, uh, maybe, maybe your home life was just psychotic and you just haven't dealt with it yet. Well, you might want to because it doesn't matter how much you want to be like Jesus. If you came from a crazy family, it's in the same pot and the concrete is not yet firm, and, and that is an additive, and it is shaping your concrete. It's making your Grand Canyon sort of an okay canyon, you know? Yeah. How many of y'all know that Elon's been shooting rockets into space lately? I guess Bezos is going to space. That's the ultimate one-up, isn't it? It's like, Elon, you send rockets, I'm going. This is what billionaires do now. But there's a lot of formation there too. Uh, the reason you need a rocket to get to space is because it takes so much energy and force to get out of the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, you, you might have a goal to get to space, uh, but what I've been trying to say for the last minute or two is that there's a lot of other forces trying to keep you grounded. Uh, they're invisible. You don't smell them, you know? Uh, you didn't, like for hundreds of thousands of years, human beings couldn't even name them. Like we experienced it, but there was this force called gravity and it's trying to keep you on the ground. And no matter how much you want to go to space, uh, you won't be able to get out of the Earth's atmosphere because this gravity thing, this thing you can't see, you, you don't really feel, and you can't smell it or taste it, it's actually working on you in ways that you didn't know. And so no matter how much I want to be like Jesus, until I understand all the forces that are actually at work and, and I'm putting them on the table and I'm, and I'm seeing them for what they are, that it might keep me grounded and it might keep me like from the place I want to go. So, so what's, what do we do? Like, what do we do? Well, we have to acknowledge that while we're being, while we're being formed, we have to acknowledge that we have been formed. And, and so the other thing we have to acknowledge is that it might take a minute. So here's what I want to get to today, though. I didn't... I gotta speed it up, Adam. What am I doing? Here's what I wanted to get to. Uh, it's not just enough to have the goal to be like Jesus. You have to ask the question: What are the practices that'll make me like Jesus? If we're talking about being formed, if we're hoping to be like God, uh, it might take a minute, and it's important to figure out what practices we need to employ and how we might give ourselves to being shaped. And there's a lot in this passage. There's a lot in this passage. But here's what I want to do. I want to look at verses 18 through 20. So can you help me again, Rachel? Verses 18 through 20. I love this because it's so entirely practical and it's actually deeply connected to all the other verses, all the verses about like sexual immorality and greed 
and you know, not being an idolater and being like Jesus who gives himself for people. And here's what, here's what Paul says. He says, don't, don't be drunk with wine. It'll ruin your life. Can I get an amen? Anybody here ever done that? Anybody here ever had an, maybe you didn't do it with the big R ruin, but anybody ever lowercase R their life with, with wine or, or beer? Anybody ever been in the shower on all fours and said, if you'll just get me out of this, Jesus, I'll never drink it again. Anybody honest enough to say that? I am. Been there. Done that. Yeah. You don't have to, I mean, before you get the big R, you get the little one, you know? And, and, and it's formation, but I love how Paul's just putting this right there for us. He says, instead, instead be, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and here's what I love. He doesn't, just, he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just stop there. He takes it on. So let's go to the next verse. Isn't it weird that when Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't it weird that the very next thing he says, like, okay, so let's stop at 18 for a second here. You can keep 19 up there. So Paul says, don't get drunk on wine. It'll ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and if, we were, if we were talking to Paul in conversation, we might go, well, how do you do that? I mean, it's good advice, like be filled with the Holy Spirit. But how do you do it? Is that a question that any of us would have? Great, Paul. Uh, I don't want to ruin my life with alcohol and addiction. I don't want to, and, and, you know, take alcohol out and just put in your other favorite thing, whatever it is. Like, don't ruin your life with addiction. Great. I don't want to do that. I do want to choose the Holy Spirit. Everything that, that we typically look for in addiction can be found in the Spirit. Okay, now how do, I, how do I fill myself with the Spirit, Paul? And isn't it interesting that the very next verse, the only thing that's in frame with don't ruin your life, but be filled with the Spirit, the thing that's in frame is what? Singing. Isn't it weird? It's actually amazing. It's actually amazing. You know one of the things that, that essentially all human beings love? Like around the world. Everybody loves music. Everybody, everyone. I've had a few people tell me they didn't like music and I just want to tell you they were crazy. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, we can stop talking now. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Paul says, Paul says, don't ruin your life with addiction and alcohol. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the only thing that's in frame here is singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing Man, like there's, a, there's something to this, this church thing and there's something to being together and there's, there's something deeply important and there's something amazing about when we get together, not just to be in the same room and share space, but when we actually give ourselves to worship, especially when we give ourselves to worship with a song. Wasn't it amazing this morning when we were singing together? Y'all were sounding great. I was up here, I'm like, there's so many voices in this room. It's, y'all, I mean, the band sounded great, but y'all sounded great. It was, it was so good. Here's what I want to tell you. The church and the people of God have always had a song book. They've always had a song, always. Like even before there was a church, when it was just like the Jews uh, doing whatever it was the Jews were doing, whether they were out in the desert or whether it was years later after they were reflecting all their time on the, in the desert, uh, the, the people of God have always sang. Like in the time of Jesus, uh, the Jews were always a singing people. They have a song book in the Bible. It's called the book of Psalms. There's 150 of them, you know? Uh, the, the people of God have always had a song. Um, and so when Paul says in this passage, passage psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, uh, this is actually kind of important, psalms, he'd be talking about the book of psalms. 
like that 150. Uh, every Jew would have grown up singing those songs. In fact, in, in the book of Psalms, there are some Psalms that you'll sing when you're going to the temple. Uh, in the book of Psalms, you'll occasionally see a little note, like a song of ascents. That's a song for going up to the temple, for climbing up to Jerusalem, for making your pilgrimage. That's when you sing these psalms, right? They would have sang them all the time. And when he's talking about hymns, this is where it gets a little murkier. The truth is, we just don't know what he means by hymns. But here's what we think he means by hymns. Uh, there was probably like, you know, there's this, the psalms, 150, and then even right away in the Christian tradition, after Jesus and after the church is formed and Jesus has ascended and the apostles are out preaching the, the, the kingdom of heaven and little, little communities of faith are popping up all over the ancient Near East, probably right away people are beginning to sing new songs about who Jesus is and their hymns. And in fact, probably a, a piece of one of those hymns is in this passage in Ephesians chapter five. Did you notice that part where Paul, uh, he, it was like in weird italics and quotations and maybe even in your Bible, it's like, partitioned differently. He talks about wake up, O sleeper, that the light of Christ might shine on you. Most Bible scholars think that's an excerpt from some hymn that the early church sang. So, I mean, always been some sort of song. And then finally, Paul says, uh, also sing spiritual songs among yourselves. And, and here's what that probably means. That probably means like spontaneous songs that are made up on the spot like together, but then also as individuals. And how many of you have ever been here at the vineyard when, when Hannah or, or, or Glenn or Matt or somebody, like the, there's the song that's on the overheads and then it kind of dies down and then somebody begins to sing something else and then they, are, then they tell everybody in the congregation, why don't you sing that with me? And then all of a sudden we're just kind of doing this call and response thing where, where maybe the worship leader is making something up and then we're like singing it with them. Have y'all noticed that we do that sometimes? What is that? That's Ephesians chapter five, verse 19. Uh, and here's what I love about all this. Uh, Paul's basically saying, uh, if, you wanna, if you wanna be filled with the Spirit, one of the best ways to do it is with singing. You should sing some real old songs. You should sing some, some maybe like current songs that everybody knows. And then, then you need some space in your church liturgy just for the spontaneous move of the Holy Spirit that we might just glorify God together with something that's brand new. Boom, all three. And why is this important? because there's something about singing that, that puts some forms around your concrete and will help you be like Jesus. It puts some forms around your concrete. You wanna be formed? Give yourself to worship, especially sung worship. It's why here at the Vineyard, we have to be singing people. Sing some old songs, sing the scriptures. Um, how many of you have ever been to the Abbey at Gethsemane, just like 40 miles away from here? Maybe you don't know what that is, I'll tell you. Uh, there is a, there's a monastery of Trappist monks who live on about 3,000 acres. Lord help whatever's happening. <laughs> who live on about 3,000 acres, about 40 miles from here. Uh, these, these particular monks, they've lived there for over 150 years. And they have been singing the Psalms seven times a day around the clock for going on, I want to say it's close to 170 years now, you know? So like charismatic Mike Bickle thinks he's got a big thing going. Bro, the Trappist, monk, the Trappist monks have been doing this for 170 years. Get out of here with that. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and here's what they sing. Uh, and you can go over it. Like you can go over and you'll, there's a good chance that if you go over, you'll catch one of their prayer times. 
And for, a, for you as a vineyard person, it might not even make a lot of sense, but you should go sometime and just sit down because here's what they'll do. They'll just, they'll just literally open up, they'll just open up the Old Testament and they'll open up the Psalms and they'll open up the New Testament. They'll read a passage and then this guy will play the organ and they'll just sing Psalm 147, word for word, word for word, just, just as it is. And they'll have like this little melody and then somebody will read from the New Testament and that moment is over, right? Go back to work. Sing some old songs, you know? Sing the Psalms, sing the scriptures. You wanna be formed? Uh, open up your Bible sometime and just make up some silly melody and begin to like sing the scriptures, you know? Uh, sing, sing some songs that maybe everybody knows, the hymns, you know? Maybe, maybe, maybe pick up something that's an actual hymn from the last few hundred years. Be Thou My Vision. How many of you know that that song's over a thousand years old? Over a thousand. Why has it lasted? Because it's that good. It's actually a perfect song. Uh, like the, the melody is perfect. The lyrics are perfect. I, thy true son. Thou, my true father. That, that, I love that part. Like every time we sing that, Thou my true father and I thy true son. It'll, that, that's, a great, that's a great form to put around your concrete. You know, to have that melody and those lyrics in your, in your mind and in your heart, that'll shape you. And then sing new songs by the Holy Spirit. I love what Paul's holding out here. New and old, known and unknown, premeditated and spontaneous. Here's why all of this is so important for us at church. Because singing touches the whole person. Like almost nothing else does. Like right now, I'm talking and you're listening maybe. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is fine. We got to do some of this. This helps. But, but, but there's something about worship that's it's incredible. Singing touches the whole person. Uh, lyrics, lyrics touch our mind. Melodies touch our hearts. But the act of singing is remarkably physical. What do we do when we sing? We, you got to get a big breath. Your lungs fill up. And then when you sing, you're, you're, pushing, you're pushing that compressed air back through your throat. Your vocal cords vibrate. How many of you have ever noticed that when you sing, like your body vibrates? And I don't even mean like yoga vibrate. I just mean like, <laughs> I just mean like your, your body like begins to get connected. And here's what's really weird. When, when a group of people sing together, their breath and heartbeats begin to sync up. Did you know that? Like if we were to sing together for about 30 minutes, uh, our, our respiration and, our, and even our pulmonary rates would become, would get real unified. It's an amazing thing. The act of singing, remarkably physical. And here's why that's important at least within the context of church, because we're directing in a song, in a very unique way, we're directing our whole selves towards God. So my mind, my body, and my heart are connected, and I'm directing all of that towards God. And for some people, and even some people in this room, the most, the most whole moment that you're going to have out of your whole week is the 20 or 30 minutes that we sing here at the vineyard. Like maybe the rest of your week is like incredibly divided. Maybe your mind is like overcome with anxiety and your body is paralyzed with work and your kids are going nuts and you feel like you're just a divided person, right? 
And there's something about coming here and lifting up a song and all of a sudden, all of that gets put into not just the same room, but like you get, you get embodied in a very particular way and it gets pointed to God. And when that happens, I just want you to know that's like these really powerful formational forms get put around your concrete and all of a sudden, you know, you can go from the OK Canyon to the Grand Canyon. Something, something really tremendous happens. How many people in the room have a favorite song? You may have a favorite song. Here's the other part that's great about a song. Uh, you can take them with you. Songs are like these little, they have, they have handles on them. We didn't know it, but they do. And oftentimes what, what we sing here, how many of you have had this experience where what we sing here, you take with you the rest of the day or maybe the rest of the week? How many of you are gonna be singing the love of God is stronger May, today, but maybe all week? How many of you find yourself washing dishes and you, and you start singing? Or maybe you're in the shower. Anybody in, singing in the shower, people? Or, or maybe you're just, maybe you're out mowing the grass or maybe you're driving and you turn the radio off and you just have like a little song. What? Yeah, what a tremendous gift because songs can go with us and even in those moments, they become, they become these like secondary, later formational tools to shape who we are. Mm. All of those become little formational streams. It'll work, on the, it'll work on the rock and the dirt of your heart this week. That's why it's really important to have good stuff to sing, you know? Because it, it will work on the rock and the dirt of your heart. A few more questions, and you don't have to answer these with your hand or anything. You might want to think about them. How many, how many of you would, would like to not get drunk and ruin your life this week? <laughs> yes. Uh, how many of you would like to imitate, imitate God and specifically, how many of you would like to imitate the sacrificial love of Jesus? You know? Yeah, me too. I want to. Here's an amazing thing that I see in this this passage. What if, what if not ruining our lives and what if eventually being something like Jesus were tremendously connected to being a worshiper? And I'm talking about singing. Like what if it were deeply connected? What if it were deeply connected to the song that we carry in our hearts? And, and of course, I just want to say here, worship in this way, it's not a magic bullet. It's not a miracle vitamin. But here's what I do know. All of the saints that I've met who, who have somehow become uh, deeply like Jesus, all of them have a song. All of them have a song. Everybody that I've ever met who is somebody who's a lot like Jesus, all of them have a song, not just in their hearts, but in their mouths. Yeah. May not be a magic bullet, but boy, it's one of the ingredients. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of The Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at The Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.